Is there a desire in you to not just attend revival, but live in revival? Welcome to the Revival Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Isaiah Saldivar. I've been in revival for the last 10 years, as well as traveling and being a part of many revivals throughout the United States. I'm going to be sharing with you how to live a radical lifestyle of revival on a daily basis. Please help me welcome on Marcus Rogers. Marcus, how you doing tonight, bro? What's going on, bro? I'm just hoping that the internet goes smooth because I know this was a a divine appointment. This is something that has actually been on my heart for a couple of months now. I feel like it's just important to talk about. So I thank you. Um, I'm excited that you got me on, brother. Yeah, man, I'm so excited for tonight. I wanted you to start off. We're going to go into tongues and talk about all that as we go on. Um, And ASAP Preach says he loves you, by the way. He's up in the chat right now. But I wanted you just to tell us, and this is something... I don't know. I haven't seen your testimony really online. I know you don't share it all the time, but I see Marcus Rogers. We know you have this big YouTube page, this big Facebook page, and God has promoted you and using you and all the stuff you're doing. But like, who is Marcus Rogers? We all, we all want to hear, you know, where, where are you, what happened? How, what did God do in your life? What's your testimony? What's your story? I think a lot of the viewers might be new, maybe to your ministry or maybe to my ministry. And I would love for you just to share a bit about yourself. Uh, well, I, I always tell people, Isaiah, I'm just a nobody trying to tell everybody about somebody who could save wow. anybody. I mean, that's it. But, you know, a little bit of testimony. I got saved uh, six, seven years old, got baptized in the Holy Ghost. Um, and then when I got older, joined the army, I kind of was going through like religious motions in church. I never had like a real relationship. So it's like, you know, just go to church. And, you know, that was it. And uh, I joined the army, kind of backslid, went to clubbing, you know, deployed to Iraq, deployed to Afghanistan, saw a lot of crazy stuff. And long story short, um, there was two particular incidences. I remember uh, being in the club, turning up. This girl from my church is in there. She walks up to me and she kisses me on the cheek. And she's like, you know, we're not supposed to be in here, right? And I'm like, man, whatever. I'm having a blast. Get away from me. And um, I pushed her away and probably Two, three minutes later, me and two of my uh, military buddies got jumped by like 30, 40 people. Like, I'm talking about I got stumped out. And I'm sitting there in the fetal position. And I'm like, you know, Lord, if you get me out of this, I'll go back to church. I'll start living right. And uh, he got me out of it. I was in the club the next week again, got in a shootout. Uh, they shot the whole truck up. And that was just one of those moments. Like, I don't really know how to explain when the bullets were in the truck, but I, I felt my mother... Uh, praying for me in the spirit Mm. and something just told me to look up and i remember i looked up in the rearview mirror they had made like uh, a u around the car and i just backed the truck up man and uh, ever since then you know i just went back to church was seeking god and actually developed a relationship with him and i've never looked back Come on, man. I feel that. Tell me about your journey online. I know you weren't like ever trying to go viral or be this public figure or be the social media influencer. How did that happen? How did you end up with this huge following on YouTube, on Facebook, going viral? And where where did that start? Well, you know, when I started trying to live for the Lord uh, right after that, it seemed like all hell was breaking loose in my life. And so, I mean, it was really bad. I'm not going to get into all the details, but I had a lot of people backstab me. A lot of people do me dirty. And it was like everything that could go wrong was going wrong. And uh, I got orders to, you know, deploy to Korea and, you know, my marriage at the time, it was it was awful. And so I would just sometimes just cry out to God, like, why? Like, I'm trying to serve you. Like, why is all of this stuff happening to me? Like, literally, like laying in the dark on the floor, just crying tears. And I can't get into the details of like 
the things that were going on, you know, because it, it just involves other people. But I was so broken. And in those moments, I just would want to quit. And then, you know, I would just, God would just download a word into my spirit and I would feel encouraged and I would just, you know, wipe the tears from my eyes and then go Facebook live and share the word that, you know, was just downloaded for me. So a lot of times when I was preaching, you know, my mindset was like, man, I bet there's somebody else out there like me. They're not the cool guy. You know, a lot Come of people on, think because I have a big social media following I've got like all these friends and stuff, but I've never been the popular guy. You know, I grew up in Chicago poor. We grew up in a shelter. Uh, my mom was like the white lady with black kids in the white church. And then it was like, she's the white lady with black kids in the black church. Like, so I've, I've never fully been um, accepted, like almost in any church my whole life. Wow. And so, and just, and just, I was homeschooled. I never, I really never had friends. I was working full time. Uh, at 11 years old, doing like drywall, roofing, painting, eight, nine hours a day. And so, um, you know, I just started doing those videos. I'm thinking, man, there's kids out there with father wounds. There's people out there with marriage problems and they have nobody they can call. They're not in the cool kids club. They, they don't have access to the pastor. And then just one of these particular times, long story short, most people know this video. I felt the Holy Spirit just leading me to make a video with my head in a trash can. And like mm -hmm. the enemy was like attacking my mind, like, you know, don't do that. The people in the army are going to say you're crazy. You're going to get kicked out. Long story short, I went to my job. I filled the trash can up with water. I didn't know what I was going to say, but I knew the Holy Spirit was telling me to do this. And I stuck my head under the water and I just held, I held my head there until I couldn't breathe anymore. And then when I came up out of the water, it's like the anointing and the, the spirit just hit me. I felt it like running down my back. It almost felt like, you know, somebody had cracked a jar of oil down my back. And the words that came out of my mouth were, you got to want God as bad as you want to breathe. And I just started going in. And so that video, probably like within an hour, within an hour it had like 10,000 views. Then Worldstar picked it up. A lot of people were making fun of me, obviously, in the world. They're like, you know, this guy got his head in his trash can. But that's where really my social media platform kind of took off. And then I went to Korea after that. And I had a couple videos hit like 25 million, 100 wow. million. And that was it, man. Never looked back, bro. That's incredible. You hear, and here's what I love about the social media generation, what God is doing online, is back before you had to wait for the religious guard to give you permission to preach at your church or give you permission to cast out demons or give you permission to speak in tongues or give you permission to get on their platform. Well, now I believe God is raising up this remnant that's bold, that's aggressive, that's passionate, that's violent, and we're not waiting on a religious guard. And listen, look, if you're in the chat right now and you're like, I don't really want to see God move and I don't want tongues and I don't want deliverance, just sit on the sidelines. This is not for you. We are calling those that are like, I want the move of God. I want revival. I, I want, and I've said this before, Marcus, I want everything that God has for me. I'm so confused by all these leaders and these soft, and I'm just going to say it the way I feel it, these soft pastors. And I was talking to um, Vlad, Alexander Pagani, Mike Signorelli, some of these guys the other day about why we're all so close. And I was like, it's because we're not soft. We're not afraid of confronting things. We're not afraid of talking about what the Bible talks about. And there's so many soft leaders and soft pastors that tiptoe around issues. And one thing that I believe God's called me to do, and you've definitely done, is we go right at it. We don't beat around the bush. We don't tell people what they want to hear. We're not interested in being politically correct. We are empowering the body of Christ to walk in all that God has for them. So it, it 
it, might, it doesn't maybe fit your religious box, those of you listening, or maybe it doesn't fit your religious mindset, but I believe, bro, that we are in a time where we need to break out of this dusty, crusty, dead religious mindset where we're not letting the presence of God move. We're not letting the power of God move. And so I thank you, man, that you're breaking that, that you're speaking. I, I just saw you did a video, which is what we're going to talk about tonight. Recently, I don't know if you thought it was going to go off and go viral and everyone was going to be talking about on every YouTube channel, but about speaking in tongues. And so you made this video about speaking in tongues and the premise of it, and we'll get, and I'll let you go on about it, but it was, was speaking in tongues for everyone. And here's what blew my mind. People got mad. People got mad that you said you believe speaking in tongues or rather praying in tongues was for every single person. Let me tell you guys why people get mad about this. Religion limits people. This is what religion does. Religion likes to say the move of God, the spirit of God, the gifts of God are some special thing only for certain people. And you know, it's not for everybody and only some people get it and it's only sovereign. But I wanna, I wanna say tonight that I believe praying in tongues, and we're gonna talk about the differences as we go on, is for every single believer. There's 2,200 of you watching. I believe every single one of you can have this if you believe for, if you believe for it if you open yourself up get over your pride get over any arrogance and say Lord I want this so talk to me bro about that video you making it what was your thought process and then some of the stuff that you talked about in it yeah uh, I just want to say you know obviously a lot of people know this I come from a Pentecostal background so they're you know they're, they're big on obviously speaking in tongues and things like that and I want to say this before I dive too deep into this. What Isaiah said is so key. There's so many religious people. There's so many people that try to flex Bible knowledge because they don't have real power. Come on. And one of the things that has frustrated me for so long, you know, Jesus said, we're going to do greater things. He said, you see all the stuff that I've done, you're going to do greater things. And so what I've noticed with a lot of people they try to make themselves great by, you know, I can quote the Bible from back to front and they try to flex with that knowledge. And there's nothing wrong. The Bible says study to show yourself approved. But a lot of pride gets involved in that. There's a lot of debating. There's a lot of arguing. And so I just want to say this, you know, um, I just been calling for unity. You know, what I'm saying what I what I do is I just test the spirit by the spirit and I look at the fruit. I knew Isaiah was a real man of God. Just because when you have the spirit of God, it's going to bear witness. Like uh, there's been individuals that I've talked to online and immediately I could tell that they hadn't been baptized in the Holy Ghost because it, it's just something that, you know, it's something you can sense because we're a body. You know, it's like when you have a knee pain, you know, that the rest of the body is aware that there's a knee pain. I was aware like Isaiah is a real man of God. So I just want to say that uh, for you guys watching. Um, I'm the kind of person when I was younger, I didn't have a lot of wisdom. So I made some kind of, some videos that I, I regret in the beginning. For example, the, the speaking in tongues. When I first made that video, I was under the impression that only Pentecostals spoke in tongues. And so I went about it, you know, the wrong way. I did not know uh, that there was Baptists, there was Trinitarians that spoke in tongues. And now, you know, many years later, uh, come to find out when I actually opened my Bible, and I show people what I believe. They're like, man, I believe the same thing. So we have a lot of division, Isaiah, because people are arguing about words that are honestly not even in the Bible. You know what I'm saying? They're arguing about stuff that man has interpreted. And so that's where I initially started with the tongues thing. And um, it was just put on my spirit uh, maybe like two months ago to just keep talking about it, keep talking about it. And honestly, 
it frustrates me. I'm, I'm going to say this and give it back to you. It frustrates me because to me, it's super clear in the Bible that tongues is for everybody. And sometimes when I've shown people in the Bible, um, you know, just verses, and I try to do as little talking as possible, people still don't see it. So I believe this is for two reasons. Number one, if you haven't received it, if somebody's teaching you that you don't need it, then you're not going to receive it because we receive yep. it by faith and faith cometh by hearing the word of God. So if you already have a mind that I don't need it, then you're not going to receive it. You have to look. And that's why we're going to go to the Bible tonight and look at what the actual um, you know, Bible says. And then I want to say this and then give it back to you, Isaiah. This is how I always tell, teach people. The Bible says that it's going to be like out of your belly, right? You're going to flow uh, rivers of living water. That's John 7, 38. So when you're in the world and you get mad, I know I used to, you feel that F word rising up in your belly. Like, man, you just, you feel Come it on. coming you get mad. And it's, it's like, it's rising up from your belly. And then you surrender your tongue to say the F word. You just, mm. you just let your tongue go, but you felt it before you said it. So a lot of times where people um, are struggling to receive this gift is because they've been taught wrong. They think Isaiah, God's going to grab their tongue and just start slapping it around. But you just surrender to it. You're going to feel the Holy Spirit and you just surrender to it in faith. That's so good, bro. I know whenever I got saved, the night I got saved, I got filled with the Holy Spirit. I was speaking in tongues. It radically changed my life. Like when I got filled with the Holy Spirit, and this is why, again, what you said, it blows my mind that people are preaching that you don't need the Holy Spirit. First of all, Jesus needed the Holy Spirit. Jesus walked in the power of the Spirit. Second of all, Jesus said, wait in Jerusalem so that the Holy Spirit could come upon you. Before you go out on your mission, you need the Holy Spirit. So if you're trying to do this without the Holy Spirit, you need the power of the Holy Spirit. You need, and we're going to talk at the end, how to receive the Holy Spirit. And we believe every single one of you can receive the Holy Spirit, but you need the Holy Spirit. We absolutely need this. It's essential. And when we say tongues or praying in tongues is not for everyone, it's like saying the Holy Spirit doesn't want to pray through everyone. I mean, think about this. If the, if praying in tongues, if, if the gift, this ability is for only certain people, then that means the Holy Spirit is only wanting to talk out of certain people. Now, we're going to draw a distinction tonight between speaking in tongues and between praying in tongues because the Bible does show us a clear difference. But if you look at, and again, Marcus, at any point, cut me off if I'm going here and we'll just go and we'll tag team this. But if you look at Jude one twenty, it says, but beloved, building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit. So in Jude, he's like, I'm assuming that you're building yourself up and praying in the Holy Spirit. Now, I know there's some people, Marcus, that say, and I've heard this interpretation, well, that's not talking about praying in the Spirit. That's talking about like just letting the Spirit guide you, but praying in English. But it's like, if you go to the original text, it literally says praying in the Holy Ghost or praying in the Holy Spirit. So I don't, I don't understand how we're twisting scripture to make it fit our narrative or our belief. And this is one thing, bro, I want you to touch on too, is that if we lack experience, and listen to me, everybody in the chat, okay, there's over 2,200 of you. We lack experience in a certain area, so we create theologies to match our not having experience rather than creating a theologies of faith that say, I might not have seen this, but I'm going to believe it until I see it. And so, so many people are like, I have a theology, for instance, that God doesn't cast out demons, and the reason why I believe that is because I've never seen demons cast out, right? Or I don't believe healing is for today. And the reason why they say that is because they don't see healing or they don't pray for the sick or they say, I don't believe praying in tongues, which we're going to show you the difference as we go, is only for certain people. It's not for everybody. And bro, 
Most of these people I talk to that are like this, they don't pray in tongues. I, I, don't, I, I don't know if I've met a legitimate person that has a theology of praying in tongues that says it's not for everyone that prays in tongues. Because once you pray in tongues, you'll understand how life-changing and powerful it is, and you'll believe God that it could be for everybody. I had a lady come up to me a few months ago in a service. She said, I've been praying for this for 30 years, and I, I know I'm baptized in the Holy Spirit. I know God has changed me. I lay hands on the sick. I cast out demons, but I've just I've always wanted to pray in tongues. I've always wanted to pray in tongues. And I said, God can give it to you right now. And she's like, uh, right now? And we are in Arizona. I said, God can give it to you right now. She said, I've been praying for this for like 30 years. I said, it doesn't matter. I want you to pretend this is the first time you've ever asked for it. If you already have the Holy Spirit, I believe it's in you. You just need to open up your mouth and let it out. It's like all you, all these people are like, oh, I speak in Spanish, but they just never actually speak in Spanish. Like you actually have to open your mouth and speak it out. And bro, I started praying for her. And within 15 seconds, she started praying in tongues and praying in tongues and praying in tongues, coming out of like rivers of living water. All she needed was someone to stand next to her and say, you got this, God has given it to you. All you need to do is open up your mouth and speak in it. It's the same like prophecy. You don't just automatically start prophesying. Like when I prophesy, I don't just, my mouth opens and I start prophesying. When I'm doing words of knowledge, it's not just a word of knowledge comes out of my mouth. We actually have to participate to pursue and to speak these things out by faith. Guys, faith is the light switch to activate the gifts so if you're listening to preachers that don't have faith to believe for gifts that don't have faith to believe for the supernatural you're not going to get it you're not going to see it if you don't believe for deliverance if you don't believe for healing you're not going to see it so talk about that bro because we were talking about that earlier is like we've created all these doctrines on unbelief on things that are not scriptural and we've twisted scriptures like jude 1 saying it's like oh it's just the holy spirit helping us when it clearly says praying in the holy spirit yeah, so that's the thing, Isaiah, that's key. Most people who don't speak in tongues, it's like they sometimes feel, and I want to say this, don't feel condemnation. Exactly. Don't feel like you're less than. And if anybody's making you feel like, you know, you're less than or anything, that's not love. That's not um, Christ. And so the Bible says the study Good. to show yourself approved. And so what we want to do is build up your faith to the scriptures. Now, what a lot of people will do with us say, well, they misinterpret it. The verse that Isaiah just read, the initial the initial text, it says in the Holy Ghost. So, yes, some people read the version where it says Holy Spirit. So then they say, well, yeah, you know, the, the Holy Spirit is just leading me and guiding me in my prayer. But the Bible says we know not what to pray for. We pray amiss. And we can dive into this a little bit later. But uh, Paul talks about um well, I can just read it. Romans 8, he says, Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings mm. which cannot be uttered. All right. And we can break that down a little bit. But pretty much we when we pray according to our own feelings and our, our own, own emotions and our own mind, that's good. But one thing, and I'm pretty sure Isaiah has talked about this before, there's levels to prayer. And there's different type of prayers. You've got spiritual warfare prayer. You've got coming into agreement with your brothers and sisters type prayer. And so you have to pray in the spirit. And I'm just going to read the Bible and, and do as le less talking as possible. I just want to read you guys um, like three quick verses. So John 7, 38, we read this. He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. The key phrase there is he that believeth on me as the scripture said. Anybody that's teaching you that you don't need tongues is literally teaching the opposite of what Apostle Paul and Apostle uh, the Peter taught. And I'm going to show you, right? Very simple verse. Isaiah, I don't know how people argue with this, 
but Mark 16, 17. Mm -hmm. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. Now watch this. It says these signs shall follow who? Them that believe. Come on. It doesn't say a special group of believers. It doesn't say only some believers. Just like in the verse we just previously read, he that believeth on me, not some that believeth on me. He that believeth on me, as the scripture said, out of his belly is going to flow rivers of living water. Then this one says, and these signs shall follow them that believe. Now, Isaiah, people like to argue with this. And they say, well, you know, you guys aren't casting out devils or you guys aren't taking up serpents. It says, if you believe. I've seen all of these operate. And the taking up serpents and drinking deadly things, that's not like, oh, let's go drink some Kool-Aid or, you know, test God or pick up a snake. That's spiritual warfare stuff. Nothing's going to hurt me. Nothing's going to harm me. Uh, casting out devils is the same thing. It's a faith thing. If you believe it, you're going to do it. So it says, these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. Shall they cast out devils? They shall speak with new tongues. Acts 2.38, right? Very familiar passage. This is the first message that Peter preached. Then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and ye shall, there we see it again, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. But everybody knows that part, but I want to break down the next part. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are far off. Once again, it doesn't say that receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost is for just a special group of Come people on. in the church. It's just for the people that sit on the right or on the left. We see in both of these verses, it says, if you believe, they shall speak with new tongues. And here in 39, it says the promise is unto you, your children, and all that are far off. So if speaking in tongues was just for some people, then Peter would be lying. Because when he's saying it's unto you and your children, well, if it was only for some people, maybe your children are not going to speak in tongues. Maybe just one of your child is and the other one isn't. All right. And so to me, it's just that alone right there. We've got much more Bible we can cover, Isaiah. I don't see how people argue with Mark 16, 17. And I don't see how people argue with Acts 2. But usually what it comes down to, and I'm pretty sure you can break this down, is people take that one verse from Paul out of context. Uh, the interpretation of tongues and things like that yeah we're gonna go into that i love what you said there let me show okay so those are really really good i love those let me let's do go a couple more here for those of you that still aren't convinced and again we're talking about is this for everyone first corinthians 14 5 i want everybody to listen what paul says this is not me and marcus this is the apostle paul this is the words of the apostle paul are you ready i would like every one of you to speak in tongues Let's just, let's just stop right there. This is the Apostle Paul inspired by the Holy Spirit. Now, when Paul talks about a certain principle of marriage, right? He says, uh, marriage, if you could stay single, you should. You shouldn't marry because you'll, be, you'll, you'll be hindered from doing the ministry. But Paul prefaces the marriage thing saying, this is not the Holy Spirit. This is the Apostle Paul speaking, right? So he tells us like, this is not the Holy Spirit inspired. This is the Apostle Paul saying this about marriage. Paul doesn't say that here. Paul inspired by the Holy Spirit, which if you don't believe that the word of God is the inspired word of God, then you just, we're not even, you're not in the right stream. This is the inspired word of God. So this is the Holy Spirit speaking out of Paul because the word of God is the word of God. The Bible is God's word. So Paul says, I would like every one of you to speak in tongues. So what is the Holy Spirit's desire? 
Okay, what is the Apostle Paul speaking inspired by the Holy Spirit is that everyone would speak in tongues. But then Paul says, but I would rather have you prophesy. The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues unless someone interprets so the church may be edified. So Paul is saying that tongues is good, prophecy is even better because it doesn't just edify you, edifies others. But if you can interpret the tongues, the whole church gets edified. But let's look at this one. Now I wanna, I wanna also talk about the difference between speaking in tongues and then praying in tongues, which is we're not saying every single person is called to speak in tongues and interpret. We're talking about praying in tongues is for every believer. First Corinthians 14, 13. And I just, bar bro, I barely saw this this last week when I was studying. This is what Paul says. For this reason, the one who, listen to what Paul says, the one who speaks in a tongue should pray that they may interpret what they say. So here's Paul. For this reason, the one who speaks in a tongue should pray that they may interpret. Then in verse 14 of First uh, Corinthians 14, listen to what Paul says. He switches it up and says, for if I pray in a tongue. So wait a minute. In verse 13, Paul just said, if I speak in a tongue. Then in verse 14, Paul's now talking about something else. He's saying, for if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. So what shall I do? So Paul just shows us there's me speaking in tongues and then there's an interpretation. Then the next verse he says, but if I'm praying in tongues, it's my spirit praying. So there's there's right there in one paragraph, speaking and praying in tongues right there next to each other. Then he says, but if I if I pray, my mind's unfruitful. So then, then Paul says this, Marcus, what should I do then? Because one is me speaking in tongues, one is me praying. He says, this is what I'm gonna do. I will pray with my spirit, that's praying in tongues, but I will also pray with my understanding. And then he says, I will sing with my spirit, but I will also sing with my understanding. So we do both. We don't just pray in tongues 24 seven, although I 90% pray in tongues, if I'm being honest with y'all, because I'm like, the Holy Ghost prays way better than me. But Paul says, <laughs> I speak, but there, and there's an interpretation if I'm speaking, and then I pray, and that's not my mind, because my mind's unfruitful, that's my spirit praying. And he shows us right there both, and he draws the line, and this is where we want to draw the line. There's a difference between praying in tongues and speaking in tongues. Do I believe every single believer right now has the gift to be able to speak in tongues with an interpretation? No, because we know in 1 Corinthians it says it's a gift for some. Do I believe every single believer can pray in tongues? Absolutely, 100% praying in tongues is for every single person. And we're going to see, I don't know if you want to jump in there, but we're going to see a distinction between praying in tongues and between speaking in tongues as we go through the book of 1 Corinthians. Now, you can break that down, Isaiah. The only thing I would want to say for, you know, my brothers and sisters quickly is in my experience, you know, when I've been in church, you know, everybody's, you know, we're praying, we're worshiping. And the way that it's happened, I don't know, it might be different for you. It's like there's this feeling in the atmosphere. And sometimes the church will just go dead quiet. Mm. And then somebody will just break out and speak in tongues. And everybody's, it's they're just quiet. Yeah. And then we sit there and we wait and somebody gives the interpretation. But it's it's different. It feels different. You recognize it when it's happening. And the way it happens, it's almost like, for me, every time that I've experienced it, you know, the church is in unity. We're in one accord. We're worshiping. The presence uh, is just so thick. And then somehow everything just goes silent. And then this one person will just in tongues and then somebody else interprets it, you know, but you know when it's happening, there's no, you know, confusion about it. You know, it's like it's you just know. So 
So good. I just wanted to say that. Yeah, and that's the speaking in tongues with an interpretation. Um, so Paul talks about kinds of tongues. So this is an ability to speak in a language not understood by the person speaking it. First Corinthians 12, 10 says this, to another is given different kinds of tongues. And this is where I think we get confused, bro, because we always say, we say to another is given speaking in tongues. That's not what Paul says. He says it's a different kinds of tongues. So there's a variation of tongues in scripture. And this is where most confusion comes because people say praying in tongues and speaking in tongues are the same thing and it's not for everyone. They're not the same things. So we need to separate. So I want everyone in the broadcast, there's 2,400 of you, praise the Lord on the church night. That's amazing. I thought we were gonna have like a thousand because I know it's church night. But I want you to separate in your mind praying in tongues from speaking in tongues. So this is not the unknown tongue that is given to believers at the baptism. This is a gift of speaking in different kinds of tongues. And Paul makes this clear in 1 Corinthians 14, 2. He says, he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men. Okay, so already again, we're seeing Paul say this is not a tongue to be interpreted because if you speak with a tongue to be interpreted, you're speaking to men, right? You're in front of the congregation, as you just said, Marcus, and you're speaking to men and then someone interprets it. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 14 2, he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but speaks to God for no one understands him. So there's no interpretation for this. However, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. So this is the prayer tongue in 1 Corinthians 14, 2, or praying in tongues. These are tongues to build you up. These are what I always call people, what I tell people, it's your spirit man working out. The tongues that Paul describes in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 are for the building up of others, not the building up of yourself. So right there, 1 Corinthians 12, they're speaking in tongues. 1 Corinthians 14, that's the mysteries of God. In, in 1 Corinthians 12, 28, Paul gives different ministries for public gatherings. And Paul says there's apostles, there's prophets, there's teachers, there's miracles, gifts of healing, administration, and then says, and a variety of tongues. So again, we see a variety of tongues, but this is for public gatherings. So you have public gatherings, 1 Corinthians 12, 28. Then you have private tongues, 1 Corinthians 14. And so these are the differences between praying in tongues and then they're speaking in tongues. Now let's let's talk about why so many people say the gift of tongues is only for some believers. And this is where they find it. And we talked about, and you alluded to this earlier, Marcus. 1 Corinthians 12, I know we're gonna give you guys a lot here, but just stay with us. 1 Corinthians 12, 29 through 30, it says this, this is Paul. And this is where all these guys start saying, it's not for everybody. This is what they're gonna tell you. Paul says, are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles? Do all have gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? And the answer is no. But here's what Paul is saying. This is only for the public gathering. Paul is saying in a public gathering, there's not one guy who's the prophet, the apostle, the teacher, working miracles, do gifts of healings, do speaking in tongues. and He's not one guy doing everything because we are a body. We're not a celebrity. The body of Christ is not a celebrity. It's a body. So Paul is saying these are all different gifts working and you don't do them all at once, but we're not talking about your personal life. We're talking about a public gathering. So he says, when we're gathering, everyone's operating in different gifts, but this, this has nothing to do with saying speaking in tongues is not for everyone. This has everything to do with being in a public right. gathering. We don't all just start speaking in tongues at once, or we don't, we're not all apostles at once, or we're not all working miracles. There's a diversity in the body. So I know countless people who pray in tongues, Marcus, but have never flowed in the gift of speaking in tongues with an interpretation. So Paul is not talking that tongues of like a result of being baptized and praying in it. Paul's talking about a special gift and he's talking about being in a corporate gathering. So talk to me about this, Marcus. I think a lot of people mistake the public gathering, like you just said, and then actually your private speaking in tongues or praying, I'm sorry, praying in tongues. Isaiah, I think you broke it down beautifully. And this is what I always tell people. 
the Bible cannot contradict itself. Mm. So if there's a contradiction, then your interpretation is wrong. So most of the time when I go back and forth with people who want to debate this, like I said, I don't see how you can debate with Mark 16. If it said, you know, these signs shall follow some that believe, Come on. then we would have no argument. But that's not what it says. It says, if you believe it's going to happen. And so people take that verse. I'm going to give you, I'm going to give them another, another verse that I like to use, but let me, let me see how many we've given them so far. We've given them uh, John 7, 38, Mark 16, 17, 18, Acts 2, 37, 38 through 39, Jude 20. And then you just broke that one down. So they'll take that one passage. And if you, if you look at it, that's the only one they got. That's the one that they always go to. And you're saying that, that, you know, the way that you're interpreting that one, you know, just erases those other ones. So here's another one, right? Acts 19. And it came to pass that when Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus and finding certain disciples. Now watch this. It says that they're disciples. They're already believers. He said unto them, have ye received the Holy Ghost Come on. since ye believed? Since she believed. So they're already believers. They're going to church. They're praising God. They're worshiping God. Right. And then he says, but have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe? My question right there, if we want to use some critical thinking, if speaking in tongues is only for certain people, why is he just walking up to people like, hey, do you got the Holy Ghost? And then watch what he does. They said unto them, we have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. That's the problem. People are teaching Come you, on, bro. you don't need it. So Paul says, hold up. He said unto them, unto then, what were you baptized? And they said unto John's baptism. Then said Paul, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him, which should come after him, that is on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. So right here, you know, if I can just break that down for a second, Isaiah, it's so clear that I honestly want to say it's an antichrist spirit that tries to tell people they don't need tongues. The Apostle Paul, I don't Come care on. who it is on YouTube. I don't care how big their following is. I don't care how nice they preach or, or whatever it is. They don't override Paul, all right? Paul goes up to a group of disciples. Then it calls them believers. And he says, look, guys, have you received the Holy Ghost since you started going to church and worshiping? Since you started going to church faithfully, since you started going to church and giving an offering and giving a tithe, since you started reading your Bible, have you received the Holy Ghost? Why would Paul do this? Because it's necessary. I don't see how anybody can make it, okay? Well, you know, honestly, we've got this gummy bear, lukewarm, watered-down Christianity nowadays. It's all about motivational speaking. So a lot of people, Isaiah, they think they're making it, but they're not making it. You think that you're, you know, you think that you're flowing and going, but you're really not. And so the thing is, when you get baptized in the Holy Ghost and you start speaking in tongues, let me tell you something. You enter a whole new realm of, of spiritual warfare and revelation. You enter a whole new realm of what you can do in the spirit, what you can pull down, what you can cast down. I can't even imagine 
uh, being a Christian without speaking in tongues. And guess what? This is one of those things that separates us from every other religion in mm. the world. How many other religions are out there talk about like the spirit coming in and, and speaking in tongues? It sets us apart. And so Paul did this in Acts 19 because it's necessary. And then like we read before in Romans um, 8, he says the spirit makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. The Bible, the Bible, you know, if if you're confused by certain scriptures, like why would it say this? That people's interpretation is wrong. He could have said, but the spirit maketh intercession by leading us for what to pray. But that's not what it says. It says the spirit makes intercession for us with groanings, which cannot be uttered. I've heard people pray in the spirit, and it's almost like they're just wounded, bro. Like they're just groaning, but it's not English, you know. Yeah, And um, then, of course, we, I'll end with this one, John 14. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I've said unto you. So the other thing, when you get baptized in the Holy Ghost, you know, it's going to it's going to lead you to places that you could never go. All mm. right. It's going to it's going to and everywhere, every instance, I'll say this in the Bible where somebody was filled with the Holy Ghost. All right. Uh, in Acts 2.38 and Acts 19, they started speaking in tongues. So there's people who say, I got the Holy Ghost. I just don't speak in tongues. But when you get baptized in the Holy Ghost, that's that's the evidence. You know what I'm saying you're going to you're going to start speaking. That's good. And I want to say too, guys, we are not saying which Marcus, you already said this, but I'll reiterate for the people in the chat that are jumping in. We are not saying you're less than we're not saying you're like a second class right. Christian. We're not saying you're not saved. What we're saying is there's more in God for you. And we're trying to call you to a higher level. And bro, this is the church right now. We are at such this low level and pastors are afraid to offend anybody to call anyone. And we're calling you to the next level saying there's more for you in God. And we're trying to preach faith not unbelief so i'm not going to talk you out of what paul talked us into paul says i want all of you to speak in tongues so if i'm a minister of the gospel i'm going to echo and say i want all of you to speak in tongues and we could worry about the rest later but let's let's stop saying like you shouldn't and this is what i always hear bro i want to talk about this well paul said don't speak in tongues in a public meeting. I've been in so many gatherings where people in the comments are watching us and we're praying in tongues at the altar and they're like, didn't Paul say not to pray in tongues in public? Let's look at what Paul said. 1 Corinthians 14, 28. If anyone speaks in a tongue, two or three at most should speak. Again, speaks in a tongue. We're not talking about praying in tongues. And someone must interpret. If there's no interpreter, the speaker should keep quiet and speak to himself in God. So Paul says, if you're going to speak publicly, now you gotta remember in Corinth, here's what was happening, because we all have to look at the context of the verse. In Corinth, they were preaching entire messages in tongues, and people were getting confused, and Paul's like, guys, you're preaching entire sermons in tongues, and nobody understands what you're saying. So if you're gonna do this, you could do it, but make sure only two or, th or at most three, so there's not just this confusion, because people are coming in, and they don't understand what you're saying. So Paul wasn't speaking against preaching in tongues. Paul was saying, there should be an interpretation if you're gonna take the mic, and you're gonna preach an entire sermon in tongues. So he says, there's no point of getting up there and doing that if no one can interpret. In 1 Corinthians 14, 23, even so, if unbelievers or people who don't understand these things come into your church meeting and hear everyone speaking in an unknown language, they're going to think you're crazy. 
So he says, listen, if you're speaking in tongues for two hours and no one's speaking in English and you have all these unbelievers in your meeting, they're just going to think you're crazy. So Paul is not forbidding praying in tongues. He was saying, don't preach in tongues without an interpretation. Now, Isaiah, what if we're in a prayer meeting and someone's on stage praying in tongues? That's completely fine. But remember, that's not what Paul was talking about. Paul was saying, if you're going to preach make sure that you're interpreting if you're going to preach a message in tongues but there's nothing wrong with you speaking a message in english for an hour and then at the altar call you're going back and forth stirring everyone up praying in tongues praying in the spirit that's not the context of what paul's talking about paul was saying don't preach in tongues and then let's look at this bro first corinthians 14 18 paul said this this is the apostle paul i thank god that I speak in tongues more than all of you. So this is the apostle. So Paul's like, listen, y'all, I speak in tongues more than any of you. So don't try to come up here and try to tell me not to speak in tongues. He says, yet in the church, I would rather speak five words with my understanding that I might teach others also than 10,000 words in tongues. So Paul, if Paul says, I'm speaking in tongues more than all of you, but Paul's not speaking in tongues in the church, that question has to be Marcus, where is Paul speaking in tongues? And the answer is he's praying in tongues in his private prayer time. Again, Paul is illustrating that there is a difference between the gift of tongues and praying in tongues. So he's making the distinction again between speaking in tongues and between praying in tongues. But a lot of times these people are like, you shouldn't pray in tongues. Again, you're not less than if you don't. This is not a salvation issue. You're not going to hell if you don't pray in tongues. You're not a lower class believer. But what we're trying to do is preach faith to you to say that God has more for you. And hi, Daniel Adams. Hi, Jenny Weaver. I see you guys in the chat. Love you guys. But we're trying to preach faith to you so that you can go to that next level and God can take you. So if you want, I'm going to go on here, Marcus, and talk about the purpose of tongues. Like, what is the purpose of speaking in tongues? So number one, with tongues, we speak to God, not to men. This is praying in tongues, okay? The Bible says um, that when you're speaking, you're praying in tongues, for he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God, for no one understands. However, the Spirit speaks mysteries, 1 Corinthians 14, 2. So tongues is an intimate, and thank you, Vlad, for your uh, video on this, because this is where I got inspired by this and got this, this from. It's an intimate and direct line of communication with God. So when you're praying in tongues, this is what I love about it. It's instant access to God, instant, because tongues pray through unbelief. So let me give you an example. If you lost a family member, okay, and you went to pray in English, your prayers would be, God, why did you do this? God, I don't understand. And you're angry and you're bitter and your prayers are full of unbelief. But if you prayed in tongues, the spirit prays through you the mysteries of God and the spirit knows why everything happens. So the spirit would pray, God, even though bad things are happening, I love you. Thank you, Father. And you're, the spirit's praying on your behalf over unbelief. It breaks through. You cannot pray in the spirit and pray in unbelief. And we know James says, if you pray with unbelief, then you're not gonna receive nothing from God. So the praying in the spirit is direct access. It's an intimate one-on-one -on -one communication relationship with God. The other thing is, it's declaring God's wonders in unlearned foreign languages. And I've seen this happen before, or I've heard stories of it where someone begins to preach in an unknown foreign language and they're in a village somewhere, or someone doesn't even know they're praying in a language and then someone comes to them and says, how did you know that dialect? I, I That was a dialect from a tribe somewhere and I, I was hearing you were speaking the mysteries of God. In Acts chapter 2, verse 11, it says, um, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them speaking in our own tongues the wonderful works of God. So these were Cretans and Arabs saying, we hear them speaking in our own language, the works of God. So they were literally not, maybe not knowing, speaking in other languages, speaking the works of God. Also with tongues, we praise God. 
The Bible says in Acts 10 46, for they heard them speak with tongues and they magnified God. In 1 Corinthians 14, 16, it says, otherwise, if, if you bless with the spirit, how will he who occupies the place of the uninformed say amen at your th giving of thanks, since he does not understand what you say, for you indeed give thanks well, but the other is not edified. So you're giving thanks well when you're speaking in tongues. Also, speaking in tongues, you edify yourself. 1 Corinthians 14, 4. He who speaks in tongues edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. So speaking in tongues is edification. It's working out. It's bench pressing. Come on, where are all you gym heads at? I'm obviously not one. Like, look at my arms here. But you got to understand speaking in tongues is a spiritual bench press. Okay, some of you wonder why you're scrawny, you're weak. You don't pray in tongues. You might have it, but you're like once a week. Guys, this is like all day, every day. You need to be praying without ceasing. I'm doing this all the time, wherever I'm going, wherever I'm walking, walking out to the garage, walking in, I'm just praying in tongues under my breath, walking through the airport, at the hotel, on the before the live stream, I'm praying, I'm praying, I'm praying. I'm working out, I'm gaining strength in the spirit and I'm edifying my own spirit. Okay, lastly, you talked about this, Marcus. With tongues, we're praying according to God's will. And this is what I love. Romans 8, 26. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. So when does the Spirit help us? When we're weak. Hey man, I'm weak all the time. For when we don't know what we should pray as we ought, okay, so you don't know what you should be praying, the Spirit himself, what? Listen up, you guys you gotta read the Bible, it's so crazy. The Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, or knows what the mind of the Spirit is, because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. So the Holy Spirit himself speaks through us, makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. So this is praying in tongues. This is praying in the Holy Spirit. And this is so essential. I'll let you just tag on to this. This is so essential when we're praying in tongues that we realize there's actual power when we pray in tongues. Things are being edified in our spirit. God's answering prayers. And you might just one time think about somebody for example, you might have a family member come to your mind and the Holy Spirit might say, begin to pray in tongues right now. You have no clue what that family member is going through. And I've had this happen, Marcus, where God will just drop someone in my, my mind. This could be, I've had God drop your name in my mind. I've had God drop Vlad's name in my mind. I've had God drop um, Alexander Pagani's name in my mind. All these different ministers, pastors, family members, and God will say, just begin to pray. And I just start praying in the Holy Ghost. And here's why. I don't know what to pray for. Like, why am I randomly praying for Marcus? I don't know. But all of a sudden, I start praying for you in the Holy Ghost, praying in the Holy Ghost. Well, who knows? I could have prayed for you and you might have been about to get in a car accident and all of a sudden, angels came and protected you. I might have been praying for a family member and I've had times, bro, where my family will literally tell me, man, I was going through this and this thing happened so crazy. And I'm like, no way. I literally was praying for you at midnight last night. That exact time you were going through that, the Holy Spirit said to pray for you and I begin to pray in tongues. So if you're in a grocery store and the Holy Ghost starts telling you, start interceding right now, like right now, and you just got, you just start praying in tongues, you could save someone's life. Your prayer could save someone's life. So don't ignore when the Holy Spirit urges you or nudges you because you're praying the mysteries of God about things you might not know. So yeah, go ahead and jump in there, bro. But I just think it's so important that we, we're, we're obedient to the Spirit when he tells us to pray in tongues. Yeah, you broke it down so excellent. So I just want to say this quickly. All me and Isaiah are doing, we're just like Peter and Paul. We're preaching to you that you can have it. If you want it, you can have it. That's the whole point of this video is that I want your faith to be built up. If anybody's teaching you that you don't need it, they're teaching the opposite of what the Bible taught. And I wanted to share this, Isaiah, if it's cool, all right? So yeah, back no in 2006, there was a couple of scientists, right? And I thought this was so interesting. 
they pretty much went to one of these uh, Pentecostal churches and was like, you know, let's see what's going on with these crazy people speaking in tongues and stuff like that. And they hooked up uh, these people's, you know, minds to these scanners and they were scanning their brains as these people were worshiping and, and speaking in tongues. And long story short, this is this is the scientists. These are these are not believers. These are, you know, very critical people that, you know, let's speak in tongues. This is this is weird. And so uh, it was a psychiatrist, Andrew Newberg. You guys can look this up. University of Pennsylvania. Um, he went uh, where were the five African-American women and they put them on the scanner. And pretty much what happened was while they were speaking in tongues, come on, the frontal the frontal lobe of the brain decreased the activity, which is known for. Uh, pretty much that's saying that they were losing control, mm. right? And so what does the Bible say? It says that you know not what to pray for. The Spirit is interceding on your behalf. So it's like I'm allowing the Holy Spirit to come in and take control. And the scientist said when these people spoke in tongues and we looked at the brain scans, this is in 2006, it was like they're releasing control and they can see that activity happening in the brain and we can get really deep with this if we wanted to where jesus says you know let this mind be in you and to cast down all these wicked imaginations and this is why he says look you know pray in the spirit you know not what to pray for some of us have to realize that the enemy has been trying to attack you he's roaming the earth Mom. like a lion Seek him devour. He's come to kill, steal, and destroy. We are not all knowing. We are not so aware of yep. every way the enemy has tried to attack us. Attack us. So that's why Monday through Friday, you know what? Let me pray in the Spirit because the Holy Spirit. The Bible says you are seated in heavenly places. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Is it? When, when I begin to pray in tongues, I I, I feel myself. I, the Bible says, you know what? You are <laughs> you are you are in this world, right? We're in this world, but we're not of this world. I go into heavenly places when I speak in tongues. I go into a place where you know what? We wrestle not against flesh and blood. Some of you, you're not seeing victory in your life because you've been sitting there trying to wrestle in flesh and blood. You've been praying according to your understanding. You know, mm. God fix this man, fix this person, fix that. But when you pray in tongues and the spirit begins to break stuff up, then also it opens the door for revelation. And, and, and you see prophecy often follows because now I'm starting to see in the spirit. You know what? My battle was never against my mama. Now I'm starting to see they need, and this is, oh man, I feel this Come thing on. now. I feel, I feel this thing. The, the, what is it saying, Mark? It says, these signs shall follow them that believe. We're going to speak in new tongues and what we're going to cast out devils. When I start speaking in tongues and praying in the spirit, it's like, hold up, my, my spiritual eyes are opening. Now I see that, that that person that was acting crazy, there's a devil that need to be cast out. Come on. So I, I tap into this other place where I, I'm spiritually sensitive. And now, you know what I'm saying, we're casting out devils and we're actually seeing fruit. And another thing I want to say, because Isaiah is breaking this down. He's breaking it down so good. He, he really don't need me on here, but I thank no, you for, dude, for, so for having good. me, man. No, dude, but, this is so good. What does the Bible say is the fruits of the spirit, right? This is just, just a quick thing just to think about. The fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. First Corinthians says, though I speak with the tongues of men and angels and have not charity, love, I am become of a sounding brass or tingling symbol. On the flip side of what Isaiah is saying, we don't want you to feel bad. We don't want you to feel like we're flexing. Like, yeah, we're better than you because we speak in tongues. We're better because you prophesy. But on the flip side of that, 
Don't be walking around all prideful because you speak in tongues. Mm. Don't be walking around. You know, a lot of I've been to a lot of places where they're like, yeah, we speak in tongues. They don't speak in tongues. They're not really saved, but then they have no charity mm. and they have no love. Or you speak in tongues, but you have none of the fruits of the spirit. That The fruit of the spirit is the evidence that the spirit is in you. So I have the ability to love even though I don't feel like loving through what? The spirit that is in me. I have the ability to have joy, all right, when I'm in the lion's den or all hell's breaking loose in my life because the spirit is in me. The Bible says the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is in us. Think about that for a second. People quote that verse all the time, but they really don't think about the, the spiritual implications of that. The same spirit that literally raised Christ up from the dead is living in me. And me and Isaiah are telling you guys, like, look, you can pray in the spirit. You can access some things. Why? That's the question. Why wouldn't you want it? If I'm saying, look, you can have it. And Peter is saying the promises unto you and unto your children and all that are five. He never said, look, only some of you guys are going to have tongues. Right. And Mark says these signs are only some. They never say that. Nowhere in the Bible does it say that. So, so when you, this verse that Isaiah was breaking down. That means that there's, if there's a contradiction, there's a problem with people's interpretation. So I just want my brothers and sisters on this live to know this. And I feel this feel this in my spirit. You know, you, you want to have that because the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. The, the best, I don't care if you pray 10 hours, it's not the same as praying in tongues. I'm like Isaiah. And, and let me say this, you know, when I pray in tongues, I can't control it. I think that's just a misconception that, that people have. Like, you know, people when people just in church, just speaking in tongues, you know, out of turn. And when the preacher's preaching and you're becoming a distraction, I can control it. And I'm pretty right. sure Isaiah will tell you the same thing. Yep. You get to in the in the beginning when I first got it, you know, old school Pentecostal church, you know, they, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. That that stuff. Look, I, I don't want to bash nobody, but you don't even need to do all that to, to you don't have to thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. You don't have to do that. All you have to do is have the faith to receive it. And I want to just say this one more time, Isaiah, and you just surrender your tongue. When you when you felt angry, you felt that F word coming out of your belly and you just let your tongue go. When you worship God and you say, I want to receive this thing, you, you're, going to, you're going to feel the spirit all around you and you just got to surrender. But what? The enemies come to kill, still and destroy. So what will happen in your mind? Is nah, this is crazy. This is, you know, nah, that you're gonna look stupid, you're gonna look dumb, you know, and then and you're waiting for you know God to just grab your tongue, slap it around. It's not gonna happen. You got it's like Peter stepping off the boat. I I just it's the easiest way I could you just do it. You just do it in faith. So good. I love it, bro. I want to give you guys um a couple examples. I love this tag team here of where believers spoke in tongues in a public setting or rather prayed. Um, with no interpretation and by the way we got daniel adams jenny weaver and apostle Catherine crick up in the chat right now so we got all the heavy hitters in here but let's just go a couple places where they spoke in a public setting with no interpretation acts 2 4 the bible says they were all filled with the holy spirit and they began to speak with other tongues as the spirit gave them utterance with there was no interpretation um in cornelius's house in Acts 10 46 it says for they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God with no interpretation Acts 19 6 and then Paul laid hands on them the Holy Spirit came on them and they spoke with tongues and they prophesied so those are three places where they spoke publicly in tongues and no one interpreted now I do love this because 
um, what you had talked about, tongues and prophecy, you control. I had someone say, you can't teach people how to prophesy and prophecy is spontaneous. Wrong. Prophecy is not spontaneous. The Bible says that the spirit of prophecy is subject to the prophet. And Paul says, don't you know that you could control your own spirit? So you don't just start prophesying. You're actually in control of your own spirit. Now, when we're talking about preaching in tongues or speaking over a microphone with a message, then that's when the Bible commands us to have an interpretation. But it is not wrong, because I just showed you three places, to pray in tongues publicly with no interpretation. It is wrong to get on a microphone for an hour and speak in tongues and preach a message in tongues and no one interprets. So that's where Paul's saying, so please don't get it twisted. And I just want to jump in here and talk about before we pray, because we're going to pray here in a minute for you guys to receive, I want to talk about the interpretation of tongues, okay? So this is also a gift Paul mentions, and this is the ability to interpret words given by the Holy Spirit to the person interpreting or someone else and interpreting it into a known language, okay? So the interpretation of tongues is taking a tongue in an unknown language and interpreting it into a known language. But I want you to write this down, okay? Everybody write this down. This is going to help you. The gift of interpreting tongues is just that it's interpreting not translating let me explain this this is not a word-for-word -word translation this is giving a general sense of what was spoken in tongues so you don't need to speak king james you don't need to say thus says the lord thus you're not translating word for word you're interpreting the general sense of the message so if you get an interpretation and god is saying that i'm waking the church up you don't need to say, thus says the Lord, the time is coming, he's drawing nigh to what, you don't need to do all that. All you need to say is, the Lord is saying right now to this church that God is waking up the church, that God is shaking us out. You're interpreting it, not translating it. Now, let me explain how this works. I've had interpreters before that speak Spanish, right? I speak English. As I'm speaking English, they're speaking Spanish. Well, bro, I've had people where I'll say something in like three words and they'll say like 10 words. And I'm like, bro, why did you just say 10 words when I only said three words? And they'll say, because in our language or our dialect, you need to say something more to get the message across, right? It's not a direct translation, it's an interpretation. So they're not giving word for word, they're giving the, uh, the general idea. This is exactly how tongues interpretation works. You're giving the general idea so that people understand the context. You're not giving it word for word exact translation. So this is why, again, you don't need to speak King James. This is the same with prophecy. You don't need to prophesy in King James because when you give a prophetic word, you're giving what God is saying in a general sense. You're not giving it word for word. Same with words of knowledge, same with tongues. When you get a word of knowledge, you don't need to say word for word what God said. You're giving the general sense. So a lot of people don't, don't realize that they have the ability to interpret a tongue because they think they're going to get a King James translation. Now, when you are interpreting tongues, I've done this once or twice. I don't do it very often because we just don't allow this for whatever reason to happen in the church often. Commonly, you'll get butterflies in your stomach or you'll get a pressure or a nudging where you feel the Holy Spirit nudging you and then you're able to interpret it. You might also see pictures or see words. This is all part of it. Now, here's the question. Can we pray to interpret a tongue? Yes, let me show you this. First Corinthians, I'm not giving you my opinion, I'm giving you the Bible. First Corinthians 14, verse 12 through 13. This is what Paul says. Even so you, since you are zealous for spiritual gifts, let it be for the edification of the church that you seek to excel. So Paul says, listen, I know you guys are excited and you're zealous for spiritual gifts, but make sure that your gifts are not only to edify you, but let them be for the edification of the church. And then listen to what Paul says, and this is something religious people are not gonna tell you. This is what Paul says. Therefore, let him who speaks in a tongue pray that he may interpret it. 
So this is the biblical way to do it. You speak in the tongue. And this is not praying in tongues, y'all. I hope you're with me. He says, you speak in the tongue and then you pray that God would give you the interpretation. Now, here's your question. Isaiah, how do I know if God's giving me the right interpretation? Here's how. Luke 11, 11. If you ask for fish, he's not going to give you a serpent. So if you ask God to give you the interpretation, something good, God's not going to give you bad. He's not going to give you the wrong interpretation. If you're asking for God to fill you and give you tongues, he's not going to give you demonic tongues. So how do I know I have the right interpretation? Because you prayed for the right interpretation and God will give you a good if you pray for something good. How do I know I have the right tongues and not demonic tongues? Because if you pray for something good, oh, I'm helping myself, Marcus. If you pray for something good, God is not going to give you something bad. So stop listening to all these fake preachers that are telling you, oh, you're speaking and babbling and it's demonic tongues. It's not real tongues. That's a lie from the pit of hell. If you ask God for tongues, he's not going to give you fake. He's not going to give you demonic tongues. Now, there is a such thing as demonic tongues, but demonic tongues happen, number one, when you're manifesting a demon. And number two, they happen when you've given yourself over to Satan and you willfully, and John Ramirez was in the chat earlier, he'll tell you this, when you willfully speak in demonic tongues. John Ramirez was not accidentally speaking in demonic tongues. He was purposely speaking it. So stop with this foolishness of what if I'm speaking in demonic tongues or someone is at my church speaking demonic tongues on accident. There's nobody speaking demonic tongues on accident and there's no one getting demonic tongues when they're asking God for the genuine Holy Spirit, okay? So get out of here with all this fakeness demonic tongues happen when you manifest a demon so if you're not manifesting a demon don't stress or when you've given yourself over to witchcraft and you're willfully doing it so there's no one doing this on accident guys please stop with the foolishness now is there certain movements that are demonic that have witchcraft that are doing demonic stuff yeah there is is there a kundalini spirit where people are putting this on yeah there is but it's not accidentally you're not stumbling into this if you're genuine god's not going to give you fake spirits and fake demons i don't know if you want to jump in with any interpretation or anything there bro but i have a lot of people that are scared they're like what if it's just me if you if you could pray in tongues and text somebody it's not just you like i could literally pray in tongues right now and text you right now marcus and i'm using again i'm not using my brain my spirit's praying so that's how i know it's a genuine the holy spirit speaking out of me if you ask for good he won't give you bad yeah i just i think you summed it up very well isaiah so i just want to say a couple of things number one something isaiah said in the beginning of the video most of the time you'll find that people that are teaching that you don't need it, they haven't spoken tongues. I've never, let me say this, I've never met anybody that wanted it and didn't get it. They might not have got it the first time, but eventually they got it. And it all has to do with building your faith. So once again, this is so important. If you're around people that are teaching you, you don't need it, then your mindset is I don't need it. You see, let me, let me tell you something that there's been times in my life where and, and some people that you know why they don't think they needed Isaiah because this watered down gummy bear Christianity. Let me tell you something about Christianity. When you decided to give your life to God, you stepped into a war zone. I've been in the military. There's a real enemy out there. All right. The Bible says he's come to kill, steal and destroy. All right. He's roaming the earth seeking who he can devour, whether people like it or not. There is a war that is going on. There's a war that is going on for your soul. There's a war that is going on for the children. Even Joe Biden last year was running on 
of what? The war for the soul of America. So the reality is we got to get out of this hippie Christianity. Yes, it's all about, yes, we have to love people. But what does that really mean? If we really look at Jesus and how he moved, and how he operated. He wasn't some bongo-beating hippie. Paul says, I've become all things to all men that I might win them. Sometimes I'm going to have to meet people with a little bit different energy because of their personality. Sometimes I'm going to have to step to people a little bit differently. And, and so some people, they don't think they because they're not doing anything for the kingdom to be a threat to the kingdom of darkness. But when you really start getting fired up for God and you really start going hard, let me tell you something. Once the enemy knows that, look, I can't get this person to fornicate no more. I can't get this person to do the things that he used to do anymore. What he tries to do, he tries to come against your joy. He tries to steal your peace. He tries to steal your strength. He tries to steal your energy. You know, you you, you feel this heaviness around you. You just don't feel like doing anything. He, he tries to condemn you. And so praying in the spirit, what happens, man, it just lights this fire in you. One of my favorite verses, Isaiah, Psalms 144, blessed be the Lord, my strength, which teaches my hands to war and my fingers to fight. I preached on this last week, my hand to war. So my hand, right? You've got my entire finger right there. We go to war, but a war, all right, it's not just uh, one battle. It's a series of battles. Mm. So as we're living this Christian walk, we've got our individual battles. Then we've got our battles that we fight as a whole. This is why you have the fivefold ministry, the apostles, teachers, prophets, evangelists. They all come together. When, when you try to do one on your own, the pastor's trying to do everything. It's not going to be effective. One of the reasons right. we don't really see the move of God, because we don't want to operate in all the gifts. Oh, yeah, you don't need to speak in tongues. We don't want to operate in the fivefold ministry office. Everything's running through the pastor. And, and so he says, you, I teach my hands how to war and my fingers to fight the holy spirit right is one of it's like one of the the fingers right i've got prophecy i've got all these other gifts but when it comes together then i really create a a fist if i take that prophetic somebody prophesied and then i take praying in the spirit and i take the other gifts it's like a fist and then that's when you really knock the devil out that's when you really knock the devil in his mouth there's been a lot of times in my life i'm saying god i don't know why this is happening i don't know why that's happening and i don't even know what to pray isaiah so what i do and I start praying in tongues and I will pray in tongues till I feel something break. I will mm. pray in tongues till I feel something shift. I will pray in tongues till I feel something move. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. I pull down strongholds when I it's, it's, imagine it's like you enter into a different realm when you're praying in tongues and the spirit is firing these rounds. I like that spiritual sniper. CC. Oh, man. The Come Bible on. says when you pray. You pray amiss, right? Because you can be praying according to your feelings and emotions. So I pray what I think should happen. I pray what I want to happen. Spiritual sniper, the Holy Spirit knows exactly what the problem is. When you pray in the spirit, it's like it's a targeted prayer. It's an accurate prayer. It's a whole nother level of prayer. That's what some of you got to understand. There's levels of warfare. And so when people tell you, oh man, you don't need to speak in tongues, they're not experiencing a lot of warfare. And I guarantee you, they probably are not casting out devils. When you really making moves, the devil is not going to just let you be blessed. The devil's not going to just let you be on fire. The devil's not going to just let you preach the gospel. The devil's not going to just let you rise up to your full potential. He's going to try to steal. He's going to try to destroy. And the way that I combat that, one of the ways is praying in the spirit and with the word of God. So I say again, my brothers and sisters, some of you have problems and issues that you've been praying, but you've been praying from your feelings. And, And that's not bad. 
keep it real with God. You know, tell him how you feel. But Paul says the spirit is interceding. That's why, like Isaiah, most of the times when I pray, the Bible says, enter into his gates with thanksgiving, enter his court with praise. I just, I come in and I just start thanking God. He's a holy God. I come in respecting him. I give him, I give him some praise. And then I might pray a little bit, you know, Lord, I would like this to happen or you see this situation. But the thing is, when you pray, he already knows. Mm. He's all, I'm not telling him anything that he doesn't already know. So the best thing for me to do is pray in the spirit. So good. I love it. Let's do this, guys. This is a great place to pray. We are going to, I'm going to go over really, really quick. How do you receive the Holy Spirit for all of you that want to receive it? And then we're going to pray and pray with faith, pray believing, say, Lord, tonight is my night. Now, here's what I teach Marcus to help people. And we'll go into this after is when I'm praying the baptism of the Holy Spirit and I'm asking the Lord to give it to you and you're asking for it. Don't pray in English. I always say this all the time. No English, no English. Just ask the Lord for it. Put your hands out like you're receiving a Christmas gift and just wait on the Lord and then let it bubble up. And then when you start filling it, just speak it out, speak it out by faith. But you don't need to say, Lord, give it to me. Lord, give it to me, please. I've been begging Jesus, please. You don't need to beg. You don't need to strive. It's a free gift. It's for everybody. And so we're going to teach, I'm going to teach you four quick ways. Very basic, very simple. Number one is you need to repent. Okay. Paul, uh, Peter tells us this in Acts 2.38, before we receive, you need to first repent. You need to turn away from your unbelief from your rebellion, from your sinfulness. You need to say, Lord, change the way I think. I'm wrong. You're right. I want to follow you. This is a time of repentance. Acts 17, 30. The Bible says the times of ignorance God overlooked, but now he commands all people everywhere to repent. So every single person everywhere is called to repent. I always am repenting. I'm pretty sure I repent every day, but go ahead. That number one is you need to repent. Number two, and the religious people are going to start squirming right here, is you need to ask God for it. For all those people like, you don't need to ask, just sit around. If God wants you to have it, he'll give it to you. That's not what the Bible says. I'm sorry to tell you. Luke 11, 11, if a son asks for bread, if there's any father among you, will he give him a stone? If he asks for fish, will he give him a serpent? If he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If you then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So how do we get it, Marcus? We got to ask him for it. We don't sit and wait and say, it's only a gift for some people. We ask him for it. Very, very simple. You just need to ask him for it, okay? How do I know he's going to give me the right thing? Because he says, if you ask for something good, I won't give you something bad. Okay, number two is you need to be thirsty. You need to thirst for the Holy Spirit. John 7, 37, on the last on the least and the greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, for all of you that think Jesus was quiet and silent and not loud, you don't read your Bible. Jesus said in a loud voice, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture says, out of their belly shall flow rivers of living water. By this he meant the spirit. And then it says, whom those who believed in him were to receive later to receive. Up to that time, the spirit had not been given since Jesus had not yet been glorified. So with a loud voice, he said, Who's, whoever's thirsty, you can get this. So you need to be thirsty. And then number four is you drink, okay? And John 7, 37, Jesus said, you must drink. And it's very, very simple. It's, a, it's your will. This is you taking your will. If I have a bottle of water here, okay? This bottle next to me, Marcus, is not going to drink itself. It's not going to sit there and go, okay, I'm thirsty. I'm just going to drink. I have to grab the bottle, open up my little sippy straw here, and I actually have to drink it. So there's a participation of free will. So God is saying you need to actively receive this. It's it's the response to drinking is by taking. Okay, so number one, you need to repent. Number two, ask God. Number three, be thirsty. Number four, drink. Those are the ways biblically Jesus said you receive the Holy Spirit. So if you want the Holy Spirit, you don't have to strive 
No one can earn it. So don't be up in here and saying, oh, I didn't do enough chores for God this week, or I didn't pray enough this week, or I've been living. Friend, I was an atheist, and I said, God, if you're real, I'll give you everything, and I, I got the Holy Ghost. I received the Holy Spirit, and I didn't even ask for it. The Holy Spirit got poured out on me because I genuinely said, I'll repent, I'll turn, and God changed me, and God changed me. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to pray for you guys. I'm going to lead you guys in prayer, and we're just going to start praying it over you. We're going to pray the fire. Don't pray in English. Just ask the Lord for it. You've already repented. And you're going to ask the Lord, put your hands out, and we're going to start praying. I'll pray, Marcus, and then you can pray whatever you feel that the Lord would lead you to pray. And we're just going to pray that the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I'm going to pray in tongues, and we're just going to believe God. We're going to give you some time here, and this is your moment, okay? If you want this, if you've been believing for this, this is your moment to receive it. Father, I pray right now. As Paul came and laid his hands on those in Ephesus, I pray right now, Holy Spirit, that you would baptize every single viewer, all 2,800 listening, I pray would be filled right now with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I pray the Holy Spirit over you. I pray the fire of God would come right now in Jesus' name. Lord, we ask you, I ask you, Lord, to baptize us in the Holy Spirit right now, Lord. I pray the baptism, I pray rivers of living water would begin to flow right now in Jesus' name. Rivers of living water begin to flow no English just begin to let it flow out of you father we pray baptize your people baptize your people baptize your sons and daughters you said if you being evil know how to give good gifts how much more does the heavenly father want to give the Holy Spirit God we know that you want to give this to your children so I pray Holy Spirit right now begin to pour out right now just begin to open up your mouth. Guys, we're praying in tongues. We're not speaking with an interpretation. We are praying in tongues and we are believing that tonight you would receive it in Jesus' name. We pray Holy Spirit right now, release your fire. Holy Spirit right now, release your power. No English. Just begin to pray in the Spirit. This is what the Bible says is edifying. Paul says this is you speaking to God. This is not you interpreting. This is you speaking to God right now. Just begin to pray in the Spirit. If you already pray in the Spirit, just begin to pray in the Spirit. If you don't, ask the Lord for it. If you get it for the first time, then let us know in the comments because we want to know those that have gotten it tonight. Holy Ghost, release your fire right now. Release your anointing right now. Out of their belly shall flow rivers. It's going to feel weird at first. It's going to feel foreign. It just, you just got to let it flow. I've seen thousands of people baptizing the Holy Ghost. Just let it flow in Jesus' name. Let it flow in Jesus' name. If you get it for the first time, let us know. Touch your people, Lord. Fill them in Jesus' name. Fill them in Jesus' name. Fill them in Jesus' name. Speak it out. Speak it out in Jesus' name. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Thank you, Lord. If you want to pray at all, Marcus, feel free to interrupt me at any time. Father, I just want to thank you right now. The authority that we have in the name of Jesus Christ. We come against every religious lying 
spirit, Father, that with that any seed that has been planted where people think that they can't receive it, they believe Come that on. they're too dirty, they believe that they don't need it. Father, we know that this world is wicked. We know that this world, that the enemy is moving strategically. We need strategical, tactical praying, Lord God. We need sure spiritual God. snipers, sure Lord God. God. People that will rise up and pray in the spirit right now. We need it more than ever, Lord God. We see demons manifesting everywhere. We see demonic activity and they're bold with it in the music industry, in the movie industry. Lord God, we see it everywhere. We need your spirit. We need an outpour like never before. Let them know, Father, that when they, when they speak in tongues, they're sending out sniper rounds at the enemy's care. When they speak in tongues, Father, they're sending out rounds, Lord God, that are, that are fighting and warring on behalf of their family. You said, Lord God, that you teach us how to war, teach us how to pray, teach us how to move in the spirit. How did that So help people not to be ashamed, help them not to be embarrassed about this, Father. Some people, Lord God, that they're, they're scared to receive because they're embarrassed. But look at how the world moves. They're not embarrassed to wear their ridiculous costumes. They're not embarrassed to worship Satan. They're not embarrassed to put the satanic agenda in the music industry. They're not embarrassed like little Nas father sliding down into hell on a stripper pole. Help us to be bold about the things of the spirit, the gifts of the spirit. Help us to be bold when it comes to speaking in tongues. Help us to be bold when it comes to prophesying. Help us to stand and not be ashamed. The greatest revival and the greatest awakening is coming, and, and we need the outpour like never before. Your spirit would come upon Elijah, your spirit would become on Samson, on Elijah, but we're filled with the spirit, Father. So we should be moving greater, we should be moving bolder, we should be moving authority. Lord, the devil has been trying to take so much territory and so much ground. No longer can we sit on our hands. No longer can we sit back. We need to move in these streets and pray in tongues, even if people think it's crazy, even if people think it's wild, because there is a war. Lord, this, this life is not an accident. This live is a divine appointment because we, we are on the brink of the greatest revival and awakening that America and this world has ever seen. We are on the brink of the greatest unity that we've ever seen in the body of Christ. Isaiah, I, I want to read this verse real quick in my spirit. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. The Bible says in Romans 8, 16, the spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Father, I come against the division in the body of Christ. If I have the spirit of God inside of me and my brother has the spirit of God inside of him and my sister has the spirit of God inside of them, that means you've validated them. No matter what we think or say, we come against Father, all the arguing and the division about things that are not heaven or hell issues, Father. If the Spirit is in them, let us be sensitive in the Spirit and acknowledge that the Spirit will bear witness, Father. Help us test the fruit, Father. There's so many people, Father, that are walking around in head knowledge, and that's why it's hard for them to receive. Father, the Pharisees have the Torah memorized and they crucified your son. They crucified you. All this Bible they memorized and they crucified your son. Huh. We don't want to crucify the move of God. 
We don't want to crucify the move of God. So, Father, I pray that this this broadcast, you you gave this to Isaiah. This is even people beyond the line. We need spirit-filled, tongue-talking believers, spiritual snipers, and we need unity in the body of Christ, Father, because there's a war. And so, Father, I, I thank you for every single one that is on this live and everyone that shared right now. Lord, there's, there's somebody right now, they're in tears watching this live. And they're saying, I want it, I want it, I want it, I want it. Let them know that they don't have to beg since these signs shall follow them that believe they shall. It doesn't say these signs shall follow them that are perfect. It doesn't say these signs shall follow the special. It says signs shall follow them that believe. Somebody needs to just declare that out of their mouth. Pray the word of God back to him. You said that these silo them that believe, and I believe. So I'm just gonna sit here and receive mode. You some of you gotta have that mentality like Jacob tonight when he wrestled. I'm not gonna get up from this spot. I'm not gonna move from the side of my bed. I'm not gonna get out of this car. I'm not gonna get out of the bathroom too. I'm filled and I'm speaking in tongues until I receive this gift that Peter said was promised unto me and my children and the all nations. Yeah, I see something that the enemy is strategic in the way that he is moving. Come on. He's strategic and he's targeted and he's moving. There's there's a rank system with, with demons and devils and legions and all that kind of stuff. They, they the Bible says he's wrong. I don't know why I'm stuck on it. He's earth. Studying like a like a war general for a way to attack, and they're sending demons out on assignments. This is why you've got to pray in the spirit. There's a spiritual war that is going on. This is why you have to be spiritually sensitive. All the chaos in this world. I was I was working on this message the other day about there being a shaking in heaven and a shaking in the earth. Sometimes what you see happening in the physical is a reflection of what is happening in the spiritual. And I, Isaiah, you can correct me if you feel what is wrong. But I personally believe that anybody that is telling you you don't need to pray in tongues or that you can't pray in tongues, I almost think they need deliverance from some antichrist spirit. Because the, what is antichrist spirit? It's anything that goes against Christ, anything that goes against the teaching, anything that goes against the thing that goes against the word of God. It's the Father's will to give it to you. you can have it. Anyone teaching the opposite of that, that is dangerous. So the devil doesn't want you to have it. Let me let me let me say this, my brothers and sisters. If somebody had at this broadcast, why would that be? Come on. Peter said that this is for everybody. Paul says, have you only those things you believe? We are literally saying the same thing that they said. Why would a Christian get mad? Because we're saying you can speak and talk to. If you sum everything we've set up in this video, we're saying that you can have it. If a Christian gets mad about that, there's something deliverance from. There's something in their mind that needs to be shifted. There's some kind of stronghold. There. There's some kind of religious spirit there. A lot of times I've noticed, Isaiah, with people who struggle with it, and yeah, I tried, but I couldn't get it. And, and, and people maybe 
you feel condemned. And so, so maybe that's you. Maybe you need to go ahead and say, you know what, Lord, I, not only do I repent, but I forgive those people who bashed me because I was never able to speak in tongues. I, I forgive those people who rejected me and they made me feel less than. And, and so what ended up happening is I built up this hardness in my heart and I convinced myself that I don't need it. And here I am, Lord, I'm going to get naked. I heard the word that went forth and I'm going to let these walls down. I'm sorry religious people hurt you. I'm sorry religious folks bashed you. But me and my brother Isaiah came together in unity tonight to tell you, seek and you will find, knock and the door shall be open. And you know what? The Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. The cup is there. Do you have the faith to pick it up and drink it? And those of you that are asking the chat, is it supposed to sound like your guys's? No, it doesn't have to sound like ours. It's your own prayer language. So just begin to open your mouth. And there's many people right now, Marcus, in the chat that are saying, I'm praying for the first time in tongues. Praise the Lord. And you guys, you, if you haven't gotten it, keep asking. The Bible says, asking you shall receive. It doesn't tell me how many times I have to ask. So don't get discouraged. Don't get, you know, confused. Like, why is God not giving to me? He's mad at me. No, you just got to keep knocking, keep asking and tearing. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God, for touching every person. Thank you that you're healing people. You're delivering people. Many people in the chat are saying they're vomiting. Let the Holy Spirit deliver you right now. Let the Holy Spirit set you free right now. In Jesus' name. And you might not hear it in your mind. A lot of you are asking, do I have to hear it in my mind first? No, you just got to open your mouth. I don't hear it in my mind before. I just open my mouth by faith and start speaking out. And the Holy Spirit speaks out of me. It's all about faith, guys. Someone said, I just got it. It was quiet, but I spoke in it, and now I'm speaking in it. Thank you, Lord, that you're bringing deliverance. Speaking in it, my brothers and sisters, what I want you to do is really press in because you're gonna yeah. you're gonna feel like almost like a whale. It's like when they're digging for oil. Yep. It says it's gonna flow out of your belly, belly like rivers of living water. You you're gonna feel these rivers just flow up, and it's almost like a spiritual draino. Some of you might start manifesting. You might have all Come kinds on. of deliverance might start happening but don't don't be satisfied just speaking in a little bit let it break through and it's almost going to come up like a machine gun thank you thank you lord holy spirit have your way remove any hindrance unbelief doubt in jesus name remove it lord remove it all religion every religious spirit we bind you in jesus name in jesus name Someone said a demon's telling me that they're mad right now. Of course they're mad right now. We're tearing down their kingdom in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, have your way. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Someone, some of you are getting it right now. Someone said, my nine-year-old received tongues a few days after me. Thank you, Jesus. I want you guys right now, if you received it for the first time tonight, just type one in the chat. Because I know many of you are saying you did, but I want you to type one here so I can see all of you that have received it. Type one. If you've received it for the first time, I know there's many of you that are saying you did, but just go ahead and type one so we can see in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you. We thank you, Lord. I'm seeing ones in the chat right now. Chanel, I see Pop, Dory, Ultra, Miss. Julia, Ma, MNC, it's typed one in the chat. Carlos on Facebook says he got it. Steven on Facebook. Junior on Facebook. Regina, 
Come on, somebody, in Jesus' name. Look at all these ones, guys. Isabel, I can't even, you guys are freezing my thing. Kat, V, Michael, Anna, Rita, Crystal, Rihanna, Etienne, Nia, Y, Angie, Christina on Facebook, Paula on YouTube, Kasha, Brianna, Will, Denise, Lydia, Joanne, let's see, uh, Pablo, Brandon. I'm reading Facebook and YouTube right now, guys. I, I can't even keep up with this. It's just all over the place. Two two queen says one. Come on in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for filling your people. Teresa, Natasha, Brent. Come on, come on. Johnny, Facebook's getting filled right now with the Holy Ghost. Come on. YouTube, Bianca, Nestor. Nestor Palacios. Come on, my bro Nestor. My bro Nestor got it tonight. Nate Hall, Kenley, Jose, Cortez. Come on. You guys are getting it. Some of you are longtime followers and you're getting it right now. Kimberly, David Valdez. Let's go. Young Bandit, Andres, Anna. I can't keep up with this. Linda, Bernadette, Marcus Kennedy. Love said got it. Home got it. David got it. Jalen got it. Come on. Adriana, you know what? I'm so excited, bro, because a lot of these people I've known for months, they've been a part of the stream, and they're getting it tonight for the first time. Thank you, Lord. Olak, come on. Thank you, Lord. David, Alicorn, come on. Al or Alarcon, Kenley. Come on. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. God, we give you all the honor. We give you all the praise. We give you all the glory. We know it's not about me. It's not about Marcus. It's about you. And we, Jesus, we give you the glory and the praise and the credit. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. Leo, I see you got it right there. Thank you, Jesus, for filling Leo, for filling Jasmine, for filling Benjamin. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Some of you are getting refilled right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. And guys, Keith got it right there. And guys, you're wondering like, why don't pastors do this? We're wondering the same thing. Me and Marcus are like, we don't know. We don't know why people are afraid to pray and believe for this. We're speaking faith, guys. We've been an hour and a half on here speaking faith. Marcus is way late for him. And he's on here speaking faith. He's nonstop busy, but this is worth it. Seeing this right here is worth everything we're doing. It's not about income. It's about outcome. So thank you, Lord. Dynasty Johnson got it on YouTube. Thank you, Jesus. Devere from Miami got it. Devere, come on. In Jesus' name, let it flow. Let it flow. Let it flow in Jesus' name. Many of you say you got refilled. I got refilled tonight in Jesus' name. Thank you, God. I thank you, Lord, that your spirit is still moving, that you're the same yesterday, today, and forever, and that you don't have to ask religious people's permission that don't believe you're still moving. Thank you, Lord. Elizabeth got it. All these people that are trying to tell you it's not for you, where are they at right now? They're nowhere to be found, and you're speaking in tongues. So just let them stay on the sidelines while we go on and we... We pray, we preach, we prophesy, we deliver, we heal, we do what Jesus called us to do. Thank you, Lord. Bianca, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Marcus, the fire is here, bro. Where can they find you, bro? I don't want to keep you all night. I know it's late for you. Where can they find you? Talk real quick about Firehouse. We have a lot of you in Chicago. Marcus is a pastor, a senior pastor of a church in Chicago, Firehouse. Talk to us a little bit about Firehouse. Um, is it open to the public? Have you guys officially launched? What's going on with it? Yeah, uh, Firehouse, is, it's open to the public. We're kind of in that building stage. We started in the um, apartment, then we moved to the garage. We've got actually a beautiful building um, right now. I'm actually going to have that. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Revival Lifestyle Podcast. If you like what you heard, go to www.isaiahsaldivar.com for more content. And please follow me on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram at Isaiah Saldivar. See you next week.